Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. This is Off Track with Inch and Rossi. Oh, Lord. Guys, what Hello a- and welcome a- to a structured and Finally. intellectual version of Ask <laughs> Off Track with Inch Intellectual? And what are we going to discuss now? Apparently structured. not son and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess not. It's too bad. It's too bad. Because we all thought it was really funny. And our audience, our lovely listeners, who we appreciate you keep coming back week in and week out, did not think it was that funny. But as alas, funny. here we are. I mean, are we sure about that? I, th- I mean, I'm pretty the sure. comments were positive. The comments were positive, but the, the engagement was, was very low. So it could have been an Instagram social media algorithm thing that kind of got the better of us, but regardless, um, we'll have more hilarious video in studio episodes coming out soon. Oh, can't um, but in the meantime, we're doing our audio podcast. We're here. It is structured guys. and intellectual. <laughs> it is neither of those things. It never has been either of those things. Yeah, but you want it to be. Uh, no, I don't. It's not that I want it to be intellectual. <laughs> I don't think we're I don't think we're capable of that. Fair, fair. I was Reed. just saying I was just saying I I I liked when we had like a segment or two that we would go to from time to time. You want to know what's funny is my our my esteemed engineer who you have worked with in the past. Many times. Um sent me an email and he was like I'm going to presume that you know you're kind of like James and you like information um because you read. And I was like, <laughs> Thanks, is man. that a rarity in the paddock? I feel like it might be. Oh yeah. yeah. Are you? Would you consider yourself a big reader, Alex? Do you read a lot of books? Big reader? No, but I've read critical ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've read the. In, am I? Am I a bookworm? No. Have I? Yeah. Have I done reading lists and I can recount the important ones? Yes. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. I love. I love. I do. I do like that kind compliment. of self. Helpy, like this one that we learned about in Napa Valley. Range, why generalists triumph in a specialized world. Oh, interesting. Remember okay. our, uh, remember our, some, 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 
Sommelier. 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 Wow. <laughs> Jeez, it, took us, it took us Apparently, all a minute to get there. Hey. Nope, I was right there. I think you guys need to read more books on wine. No, no. Because I'm pretty when you, tired. When you read, you can pronounce the words in whatever way you see fit. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> does it make them right, Alex? Perseverance. <laughs> um, I know what it means. Persistence. Right. Um, so, anyways, uh, quite an interesting book. Very. So wait, no. Remind me what our well, remind me what our our conversation oh. in Sonoma was that sparked this. Um, no, he was just he was just talking to us. It was about kind of the Malcolm Gladwell books, and how, it was it was on the topic. I think you started going all Canadian and talking about hockey, and about how <laughs> as one it, does the, the the study of hockey players that are born in certain months have like a much higher success rate because right, of their yeah. size and their ability. Right. Or so this is kind of a um, spin, not spinoff, but this author kind of approaches things from a similar way that that author did in terms of athletes and people who have been, have accomplished unmeasurable success in, from a business standpoint or invention standpoint or whatever. And it's about kind of how um, people that are not focus necessarily on one thing they don't define themselves by one thing they're not kept to one certain opinion um kind of people that have one track minds are not going to necessarily end up being successful even though they devote all of their time to that because you have to incorporate all of the surrounding sets of information and opinions to actually potentially be very successful at something all right, it's I'm funny. stuck on the birthday thing. Is that because they're the oldest people in their classes when they're growing it, up? So they're yeah, like essentially yes. Yeah. Got yeah. It. Um it's it's a funny, it's a funny like thing um we talk about like how certain people success comes from focusing on one thing. And it's funny how if you look at like how society looks at I guess successful people is is maybe the the it's a broad sense of of putting it, but it, it's, I think topical in this case, you, you associate someone that's successful with like kind of being a well-rounded social and intellectual person, but like you can get very successful if this is, if the definition of success is like, you know, financially wealthy and uh, your company grows to a position of power and it's a company that you invented because you thought of, you know, a solution X to problem Y sort of thing that might make you really good at talking about solution X and problem Y, but that doesn't necessarily mean you are well-read or a good people person or a good manager of people or whatever. Yet just because you've reached this level of success, it seems like society seems to bestow upon you this belief of these otherworldly abilities, which like might not even be remotely true. Isn't that right? And then some people bestow it on themselves. Like some people think for sure, isn't that the Dunning Kruger effect? Yes, I believe you're correct. And, and it's and it's just kind of funny. So the the back, um, the, like the the, the punchline, I guess, is kind of what you just said. Plenty of experts argue that anyone who wants to develop a skill, play an instrument, or lead their field should start early, focus intensely, and rack up as many hours of deliberate practice as possible. Kind of the ten thousand hours Malcolm Gladwell thing, right? Which again, 
you can't find success from that. For sure. But a closer look at research on the world's most successful athletes, artists, musicians, inventors, forecasters, and scientists, forecasters, those people suck at predicting the weather. I don't think it's a weather forecast. <laughs> I, don't think I think it's weather. more I know, economic but, forecasters. But they're also not good. Um, <laughs> True. And scientists show that in most cases, generalists, not specialists, are primed to excel based on kind of what they okay. are opening now, themselves. You are both very successful in in driving i mean you both reached the pinnacle of of moderately successful it says the indianapolis 500 champion alexander rossi (laughs) i mean okay but i mean do you do you agree with that because i mean you guys reached something the book 0.1 percent of of people who try to be race car drivers achieve I mean, how do you what's, guys feel? What, no, about what's really cool is I I lived by the Malcolm Gladwell kind of theory, the right? ten thousand hours, the ten thousand hour thing, and then also his follow up book about kind of why Bill Gates ended up being so successful because he happened to live in one of the very few neighborhoods in the nation that had a computer that had yeah. access to it, et cetera, et cetera. And it was like that all makes a lot of sense, but this is like coming at it from the other perspective. So I don't know. I don't know that I have an opinion. I know that for me, I obviously my life and everything has been very much singular focused and centered around one thing. But that being said, in certain scenarios and having certain conversations, I have to like reach, you know, to, to be able to talk about something as proficiently as I can talk about motorsports. Right. But at the same time, throughout the, throughout this sport slash business that racing is, you're subjected to a lot of very unique experiences that round you as an individual to be able to have these kind of social slash business conversations. Right. But if someone went to me and talked to me about the history of the United States, like you, Tim, I don't know. America's yes, cool. I'm, I'm a very good example of a successful person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are well-read and you are intelligent. Yeah, I, I feel like I make I make the argument for the Gladwell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hold on. Let's let's talk about that for a second because the ten thousand hour thing, I always I, I, I understand the concept. I agree with it, I subscribe to it in a lot of ways. I think that's very practical for like the one the, the example I always look to was musicians, right? So like Eric Clapton is one of my you know musical heroes. Or Sophie and Lloyd. Also also a very talented individual. Mm-hmm. Um and I bet like Eric, Sophie spent a lot of time at home after school with a guitar, just, just strumming away, just playing, just learning, just teaching themselves these skills. Right. So, so I've read, okay, let's go back to Clapton. So I've read Clapton's book and it's, he talks about that, right? Like this, his entire, every spare minute he had, he would come home and he'd sit in his room with his guitar and he would just teach himself and he would learn and whatever. And I think a lot of musicians, whether you talk about, you know, some of the best drummers in the world or some of the best vocalists, whatever, they have similar stories. It's just constant practice. Pianists, especially, like that's the most complicated oh, instrument in the world. Got it. Oh, okay, relax. God. It just it caught me off guard. I'm tired. You're such a child. Anyway, um, so the ten thousand hours thing, I get it. I, I subscribe to it. I believe in it. Like literally, no racing driver has spent ten thousand hours in a race car. Ooh, I think I disagree with that. I mean, it's okay. Okay, sorry, sorry. Let's think about. I mean, okay, it takes a while to get there, right? Let's put it this way. No IndyCar driver has spent 10,000 hours in an IndyCar. No, yeah, but that's but like saying that's Eric Clapton hasn't spent 10,000 hours performing in a... I understand that. But remember from, that everything you do up age. to that point, right. But like you're talking about go-kart races that were 15 minutes long, right? 
Then you go into formula cars at the average, at the entry level where they're 20 minutes long. And then you go into the next level where they're 30 minutes and then they're 45 minutes. And then you get to IndyCar and they're call it average of two hours, hour and 45 to two hours, right? If you really break down 10,000 hours into like, all right, five years at 15 minute intervals, you know, X times a year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's tough, man. Maybe the kids that have go-kart tracks in their backyards are raced like, you know, some of this, I know some of these sprint car guys, they do like, you know, 87, 94 races a year. But again, their practice sessions are like eight laps. And then their races are like 30 laps. And the, the lap times are 12 seconds. So do you think like that's do you think that's why Kyle Larson's so much better than everyone else? I mean, probably, yeah, because the guy's just, just in a race car yeah. at all times. And, but that, that's what makes racing so difficult, right? If you're a basketball player, you're a hockey player, you're anything else, you can just go find a basketball court. You can go find a skating rink. You can go work on these different drills and skill sets, whatever. You cannot do that in racing. Like, fine, at a go-karting level, yes, you could come. I knew I knew guys that would come home from school every day and their go-kart was sitting at the go-kart track waiting for them. They would practice from, you know, four o'clock till eight o'clock. Awesome. Very jealous. Happy for them. That is definitely the minority. And even then, I'm, I'm struggling to think you'd actually hit 10,000 hours before, you know, before you were professional, before you could say. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, point. talking about Larson, like iRacing has kind of made that a possibility then. I know it's not the same, but it's, it's not the nothing, same, right? but like it sure is, man. And like uh, one of the guys, they did this thing where uh, I, I might be getting details wrong here. It was a sim series. It may have been the F1 sim series, like eSport e series. It may have been a different one, whatever. But the winner got to go participate in the race of champions. Alex, you and I have participated in the race of champions. Very cool concept. Uh, drivers from all over the world and all different disciplines come together. You race each other in, in a, in a plethora of different cars on this cool little track. And it's sort of elimination style. There's the individual day. Then there's the, the nation's cup day where you're with the team. Um, and this guy who's, whose driving experience was all simulator based, all online racing, whatever. Uh, he went, I think he like beat Vettel in a head to head race in one of the cars. So like, yeah, there's some transferable skill there. So I would definitely say that the modern era, and you talk, you look at guys like Lando Norris, you look at guys like Max Verstappen, Alex Polo. These guys have all spent a ton of time in simulators when they were growing up. And maybe there is something to that. It's kind of helping bridge that, that 10,000 hours gap. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> those guys that you mentioned who do spend an, an impressive amount of time on the sim and, and dedicate, you know, getting better at it and improving are very good in actual race cars. Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Great. Lando's great. Alex below pretty good. I mean, there yeah. are, there are examples of guys who spend a lot of time who are not good. So it's not a hundred percent. It's not, it's not the answer, but like it might work for certain people mm -hmm. or, you know, certain yeah, sure. situations. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, would you consider yourself able to, so, okay. So this, okay. Funny question slash debate. So, Becky always says that I'm really good at multitasking because like I could be doing one thing, reading a book, having a conversation, whatever. And I can hear another conversation happening in a different part of the room and absorb both conversations. Sort of, I know that's not exactly multitasking, but like that's an example of something, or I could be, I could be at work doing something, but also hear a movie in the background or something and be able to recite what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, maybe because when you're driving a race car, you're hyper-focused on this one thing, 
but you also have to take in inputs of all sorts of other information, whether it's your spotter or your, you know, crew on the pit wall, or you're looking at what people are doing around you, whatever. And so I, you know, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe that's the case. I don't know if that really applies to like the traditional term of multitasking of like, Hey, I can do I multiple yeah. projects. I don't think it does either. Yeah. But so would you, so the not race car version, would you consider yourself a good multitasker? So in the, in the, Example you just gave, no, like I, I can't, well, no, like I, I really struggle to watch a TV show and read Twitter. Or if I want to hear a conversation that's happening three seats down at the bar and I'm sitting next to someone, I tell that person to stop talking. Like, so no, I can't do that. But I'm also can very much have a conversation with my dad or whatever while kind of programming a computer like i don't have a problem with that yeah it's true i wonder right? like i wonder what you really consider multitasking like do people mean like well, accomplishing doing, two doing different two, things two things at once yeah but do you have to be like actively doing something or can you be receive can like watching a show or something be one thing while you're writing I, that's what i'm saying i don't know I how don't they know. consider it but i've 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 found I out it's that the, it's the act of doing well, they've done this study and okay. it's impossible. You cannot multitask. The, br- oh. the human brain cannot do it. And so all you're doing is you're right, quickly we switching between what time of multitasking. So, so can you not, yeah, that was, that was funny, Tim. Um, James, can you not, so a simple example, you're saying you can't walk and chew gum. Well, that's different. Why? That's not a task. No, Why? because 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 that, that, that's no okay. Because walking is not a walking is like a it's like a subconscious thing. You don't have to think about walking. So it's chewing for that matter. So it's chewing for that matter. So <laughs> I think it's like, could you do a jigsaw puzzle and you know recite Shakespeare? Probably. I mean, not me, but Tim could. No, I but know if, like if I'm editing this or if I'm I, if I'm doing my like last listen on off track to make sure everything's okay and then I like start reading something on Twitter, I have to go back and re-listen because it's yeah. I, I can't read and listen and, at the same and, time. And apparently it takes your brain like a shockingly long time to actually catch back up to where you were when you left the first task when you come back to it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but I've done a lot to damage my brain. Also that. But so I've just, I've decided now, now that I've heard this and like from a professional who would know about this, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop trying to do that and be very, very cognizant of only focusing on one thing at a time. So that way it actually gets done well, well, as well as I can do it. And in a good amount of time. So apparently we're all just bad at multitasking and, um, no drivers ever, no drivers actually really good at driving because no one's done 10,000 hours. Yeah. Okay. And that actually, this I wanted to bring it up, but then I had to walk Teddy for a minute. Um, in terms of like people who are the most successful at driving, do you think they fall more into the Gladwell camp or more of the Roundup camp? Like your uh, your Scott Dixon's, your Michael Schumacher. Honestly, your- honestly, I don't I don't know many racing drivers aside from James and probably Sebastian Vettel maybe Sebastian Bourdais who are well-rounded. Like I'm trying to think, (laughs) no, seriously, I'm no, and this isn't an insult. I would probably put myself in that category. I, maybe Joseph is an example. 
maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's fairly fairly one El- track elio probably connor's rounded his, but his, in, a, his, in a bad way elio with his business sense <laughs> simon with his simon seems pretty intellectual but like i see i see what you're saying i see i see what you're i would say at. the majority are not but like, yeah they have to be focused on one thing that's right that's yeah Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, let's talk about racing, maybe. <clears throat> I didn't watch anything, but there was some racing this weekend, right? There was some practice and some qualifying. Okay, that counts. Which is something. That, that goes to the 10,000 hours. Uh, that does count. That does count. The <laughs> roar before the 24 down at Daytona. Uh, the GTP cars finally hitting the track in competition for the first time. Uh, it, Alex, did you watch any of it? I watched qualifying. Yeah. Did you keep track and practice at all? Uh, I, I looked at the timesheets. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. You want to get. Yeah. yeah, no, it was interesting. So, Here's the thing for me that I think is pretty fascinating. So first and foremost, um, Meyer Shank with the Acura, uh, Tom Blomquist driving qualified on pole in the GTP cars. Uh, very impressive um, for a couple of reasons. There was like a red flag in the middle of the session. Uh, one of the Porsches crashed in the bus stop. And um, by the time it got cleaned up, they basically had one lap. It was it was a warm-up lap and one flyer time-wise. And I mean, Alex, you can talk to this it was more recent experience, but like historically those tires aren't super great on their first flying lap. They kind of need a lap or two to, to build up to it. And Ricky Taylor was sitting on pole at the time figured, you know, the best of his tires were already done. A couple of drivers had come in for new tires right before that red and went out and tried to do the one lap thing and, and Bloomquest pulled it off and Nazar pipped uh, rookie as well, but super impressive to just, lay it down there, I think, on only one warm-up lap of time. Um, 
Or am I wrong? Yeah, I I see your point. I think the biggest thing, though, so a lot of people, you are right. Very impressive. I think the Acura has been impressive since. It topped every session. It tapped every session. It it topped every session that it competed in. Right. Um, So the big thing, I think the main reason why, especially with the Acura, um, you see it continue to go quicker is not necessarily tires coming in or tires warming up or grip building. It's, it's very, it's a very fuel sensitive car. Um, so I think kind of regardless of tire life, hot, cold, if you're at the bottom of kind of your so fuel by, window, yeah. by that there's mean, a lot of performance in that low fuel. So it's, it's a weight sensitive car. It's a very weight sensitive car. Yes. And um, is that, in, is that in terms of just overall grip or balance? Like does the, is the balance yep. bad? Okay. <laughs> All of the everything. Above. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's it's unbelievable. I've never I've never driven a car that is so weight dependent, like to the point where you could with stint old tires on light fuel. So we're talking thirty ish laps on tires go quicker than you could on new tires full fuel. Right, right. Like pretty, pretty big deal. Um, so, anyways, I I think that obviously the sixty team, Tom included in that, obviously shown showed what they were capable of last year. I mean, they, they won it all. Right. Sure. Did. So, um, it's, it's certainly a team that is going to be there from a competitive standpoint. I still am super curious just in terms of the reliability. I mean, I know that the roar was in general pretty good. However, there's a big difference from doing six, seven laps at a time, stopping, making a change, red flag, yellow flag, whatever. And 24 consecutive hours. Right. For sure. So, that's, it's funny. that's going to be so, the, the mystery. There was a, uh, there's, there's so many interesting things about it. Like when you really go through the, uh, those cars and Marshall Pruitt did a really interesting video series on each manufacturer's, um, you know, charge and kind of went through them, uh, tip to tail. And one of the things I found fascinating was a couple of them have some like pretty aggressive dive planes, like right on the front on the, on the front fascia there. And in a 24 hour race with all the GT cars on track, like, Man, the odds of you running into something lightly enough to knock off a dive plane, I feel like are pretty big. And that seems like a weird thing to have on the car. You would be stunned at how hard those things are to knock off. Really? They are so strong, dude. You know the the turn one, I don't even know if it's one or two, but you basically are dropping a wheel on the inside to like kind of hook it in the grass. Yeah. Especially yeah. in qualifying to, yeah, for the, an ultimate lap, right? I literally drove the left front into the wall there, like in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, like dive planes are certainly Were gone. you multitasking? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and doing it poorly. And uh, came in, they were like, nah, it's totally fine. Like there was paint gone, but like it didn't even move. Like it didn't even crack. It, the lip didn't even change. Like it was just steadfast. And I like hit it so hard, like I bounced off of it. So All right. yeah, they're, they're way stronger than you think. Okay. Well, that's good yeah. to know. Yeah. Um, they design it that way. They know that a bunch of idiots are driving these things for a long they, period yeah. of time. So they know you're going to jump into it. Yeah. So the other thing that was fascinating, right? Cause like you say, it's, it's assumed, I think at this point that there's going to be a wide variety array and arrangement of 
mechanical or electrical issues. Bourdais was quoted in a in a article saying he hopes that the the electronics gods are on their side. So clearly, this is a big uh, area of concern. But one of the engineers did the math for us. So if you, because so we, you know, we talked and we talked last week about it about the potential of a P two car winning this race overall, right? So a P2 car has to do, I think it's eight more pit stops than a GTP car to make it to the end. And they're roughly, you know, they're ballparking about four seconds a lap slower than the GTP cars. So if you do the math on that, it adds up to about an hour of time. Okay. If you go through the paddock, the GTP paddock, and ask how long it takes to change out the battery system, should there be an issue with it, the range is from 45 minutes, if everything goes absolutely perfectly, which nobody really buys, to like up to two hours. So let's ballpark it and let's, let's, let's find the middle ground and say hour 15, hour 20. Yeah, but that's, and, based on, that's based on you being able to pull it back into the garage. Right. Getting back to the garage getting the change done, getting back with no problems, you know, with short on people, short on spare. Well, I say short on people. Every team except Wayne Taylor Racing has like a backup crew that is just there for Saturday, Saturday afternoon through Sunday afternoon to help with repairs should things need to be changed. So like most of the teams have an extra garage space that's just all set up with their spares and spare parts and little bits and pieces and extra people just in case. Like they're planning for the Audi Le Mans style entire rear end change kind of program. But well, what's interesting though is, and I'm not going to name the manufacturer because it's unfair, but like they're they're not also just having like new hybrid problems. Like there's no. there's there's a arms failing. There's there's failing left. There's all so, sorts like of it's stuff. also a completely brand new car. It's not just Correct. a hybrid thing, right? Correct. So all the all the normal, you know, uh, attrition issues that come with having a brand new race car, and then you throw on a brand new technology. Yeah, it's a recipe for disaster. But that's something that I think everybody needs to really understand going into watching this race next weekend. There are going to be problems. There should be problems. It would be insane if there were no problems. Well, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of been a little bit boring. I don't want to say boring, but a little bit weird that twenty four hour endurance races now are treated like sprint races. They were sprint races. They were twenty four hour sprint races, exactly. And so this is actually bringing an element of of endurance racing kind of back into it. Yeah, Yeah, you got to take care of your equipment. You got to be you know you might have to make a repair or two. So. I don't think any manufacturer, regardless of what happens, can be faulted for any any issues that come up. That is just the nature of the beast. The the undertaking that these manufacturers have had to get to this point is monumental. And the fact that they've done it on time is also amazing throughout all of the issues, right? We're all clear of COVID and everything that came along with that. And yeah, and there's still... there's. Shut up, Jim. There are still supply chain issues that are that are hampering some of the some of the parts and spares and things like that, uh, and some of the development in general. But you've got a, like most of them did brand new motors, all of them did brand new chassis, and then a completely brand new technology. And um, you know they've had to expand their teams by up to twenty people in some cases just to accommodate all the electronics and all the different parts. Uh, that come with the hybrid system and everything. So it's super fascinating. So I, I really, I'm excited to get down there. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was tough watching from afar uh, during the roar, but I'm, I'm excited to be there for the race. 
and I can't wait to see it, man. I cannot wait to see how it all shakes out. I'm also excited. I, I'm going to, I don't really know. How does one, how do you watch a 24 hour race? Like you just have it on in the background. Well, the, e- the, e- <laughs> the easiest way is on Peacock. It will be shown in its entirety on Peacock. No, uh, but we- like, I don't, I don't care how you watch it in oh. terms of like the actual, I mean, we're also we on NBC friends at and USA. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not what I meant. I'm like, no one sits there for 24 hours. So do you like check in as a, when you've been a viewer and not working it, do you check in like every couple hours and kind of see what's going on on Peacock? Yes, I will do that. And then in the morning, you know, I'll go to bed. And then when I wake up in the morning, I'll usually get on like racer because they normally do like a per hour recap. So top of every hour, like, they'll like do Lamar. a recap yeah. of what happened. Like Lamar. I just called James. It's fair. He just texts me throughout the night. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. He was like, he's like, Alex is in third, going well. And then he's like, why is Alex now in fifth? Three hours later, Alex is winning, going well. Two hours later, why is Alex in second? You know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. I was having to explain a lot. I'm actually glad you're not in it this year because it will harass me a little bit less. I'll just pick somebody to annoy him about. Colton. You'll just pick Colton. Colton. Oh, Colton's in it. Yeah. All right. Done. Colton's in it. <laughs> Joseph's in it. McLaughlin's in it. Grosjean's in it. Pagano's in it. Elio's in it. Dixon's in it. Devlin's in it. Kirkwood's uh, in it. Kirkwood's in it. I think Callum is Callum in it. I think Callum's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Callum's in it. So yeah, like half the IndyCar. So you can just pick one. Pick whoever you want. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, Will's not in it. Done. Will Power was supposed to be making his 24 debut, but had to pull out for some family issues. Um, so we wish him and his wife Liz all the best and hope they're doing well gonna miss him there um but it's cool I mean all, all three Penske guys were gonna be making their Daytona debut and that now at least still two of them are I kind of feel bad I was texting Joseph during qualifying kind of just asking him how things were going and Boom. it was going great right up until the point where one of the other drivers in the car <laughs> stove the car into the wall in the bus stop so I feel which, like it's safe to say that's your fault I'm gonna take you the blame. It? Well, I was going to take the blame until like shortly thereafter, one of the GTP, you know, factory Porsche drivers did the same thing. So clearly the conditions were difficult. No, just you've driven the bus stop. You know how it is. <laughs> like that <laughs> will bite you. Like it's, it's one of those corners where it's kind of like turn one at Sebring. Every, every lap you're like, man, I'm, I'm under the limit. Like I can for sure go more and then you go like two miles an hour quicker and it's like not i see you have a nice day <laughs> okay bye <You're> fired. <laughs> yeah yeah it's true and they had a pretty big tailwind apparently going into the bus stop so mm. that's never going to help the cause and yeah yeah well we got uh, um, we got about five more minutes uh james speaking of uh wanting to be more structured do you have a grinds my gears yeah tim i do you will this this happens from time to time. I know you've all experienced it. And I just, I don't know what the answer is, but it, it, there is something that grinds my gears. And it's when people, and I say people, because every, like, it doesn't matter. Men, women, uh, sorry, men do it. Women do it. Everybody, has, I've experienced it multiple ways. When you just OD on cologne or perfume, like we need to establish a way that people can smell themselves and like determine the, the rate with which their perfume or cologne scent is permeating because sometimes it is too much it is too far and then if you get close to that person it's like i don't know how they're breathing well do you want to know no so the reason is so you start out with 
you know, your one or one to two, like, yeah. How many, how many sprays do you do with your cologne? One or two. Okay. Usually, I mean, depends like how good of a spray the first one was. Yeah. Yeah. If it was like, maybe you'll fire another one in. Right. I just never, never more than that. Right. But if you've been using the same cologne for so long, you no longer smell it. Right. You're like, you keep adding. Right. So you keep adding until you smell it because you feel like that's the same level you've always been at. Forgetting the fact that it hasn't lost potency. It's potency. Yeah. That's just. So so people that have used the same cologne for months slash years will end up at six, seven. Oh my God. Oh my God. So that they can smell it themselves. And then the result is they are horrible. They're walking trash. There should be like a. There should be like a uh, like a like a limit. Like you can have two pumps, and then it shuts off for like five minutes before you can do it again. That's a lot of technology going into a cologne bottle. I know, but it's necessary. <laughs> Some people need the help. On that note, I've got a I've got a grinds my gears. It's kind of along the same lines. Okay. What the f- is going on with CVS and Walgreens? You not being able to buy anything without, uh, without having to get an unlock, without, without having to push the call for assistance button uh. and getting someone <laughs> to come out there. And I'm not talking about the $200 electric toothbrush. I get that. That's fine. I'm talking about razor blades, yeah. deodorant, toothpaste. What? Oh my what? God. You I've can't. never seen, I've never seen toothpaste. Yep. It wow. was like it's like behind the glass case. Where and you are you going? Someone- Which Walgreens or CVS are you going to? 86th Street in the one Meridian right by North Kessler? Central. Well, yeah, well, that's why it's because a bunch of high schoolers are stealing. Okay, is there a nicer CVS? I mean, the I'm one just saying, on the, the reason Michigan, they're locking it up like is because people are stealing stuff, right? They're not just right. doing it because they like it. But <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't make their going, day easier. Okay, yeah, so, so going, then why? So then why does? Kroger not feel the need that people must not be stealing it or they've decided they're not stealing enough. You know, <laughs> like I just, I, I understand if I was on, you know, 33rd in college, <laughs> but like, I no don't offense know. to any listeners that live 33rd in college, <laughs> no, but you get it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are neighborhoods where yes, you would, you'd be less surprised to hear that that anywhere was near the track. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Anywhere near the Taco Bell near the tracks. Or- yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's weird. It, I find it weird because, I mean, less than a half a mile away from that is a total wine and more, which has nothing behind plastic other yeah. than high schoolers can't get in there. Well, they can. Well, they, yeah, but they, yeah, that's fair. I guess they could get in. It's not like they check your ID to get in. So you probably shouldn't tell high schoolers that. <laughs> that's not the point that's not the point i just it's it's getting increasingly annoying to the point where cvs and walgreens is one of the few brick and mortar stores that i would still go into instead of ordering on amazon and now i'm just gonna order it on amazon now you're just you're off you're off the program you're over, right. you're over it okay so i have uh one other thing i want to talk to you quick let's talk about quick before we go but i've got to find it also why are high schoolers at north central stealing toothpaste because they're bored yeah why wouldn't you steal Sour Patch Kids? I mean, they're That's probably doing point. that too. <laughs> like, well, I don't no, they're, they're stealing the toothpaste because they've already stolen the Sour Patch Kids and now <laughs> yeah. they have cavities. <laughs> I get, like, again, they, they're not doing it because they like it. 
right? So there's got to be a reason. They 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 have to have run the numbers and figured out they're losing too much on this, so they have to put it behind a lock. But yeah, they, no, they, I agree. It's annoying. They budget, a, they budget a certain amount of breakage and or slash stealage, and then they're good. But after that, stealage, huh? Yeah, that's a. He's that's a he's very term. well read. I'm very, very well rounded. Yeah. Uh, okay, so last but not least, stealage. Alex and I have a new favorite Instagram <laughs> yeah. account. Okay. Oh, Sophie, and, Sophie plays guitar. <laughs> no, that's an old favorite oh. Instagram account. Thirsty Whale. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's Kate. One of my favorite accounts on Instagram uh, is one called it's called F1 Troll, and it's ah. just all these hilarious Formula One memes, right? And they come out. I don't know who's in charge of it, but they come out with a decent amount regularly, especially during the season, like on race weekends. They they pump these things out, and they are hilarious. Well, somebody has decided to sort of mimic the uh, the concept for IndyCar, and it's called IndyCar underscore sorry Indy underscore car underscore memes. And man, they're they're doing a good job. I, I have no idea who it is. Fantastic. They're doing a great job, and there's some <laughs> absolute bangers on here. And I want to just start posting them all on my stories, but I feel like I don't know who's going to get offended by them. Like, you know, oh. Most people. Yeah. So like, I mean, there's one, one of the early ones was about you and I thought it was really funny. Did you find it funny? I I did find it funny. Yes. But like, which one, I mean, there's a couple that are, you know, just blatantly mean. (laughs) These are really good. Like this one. (laughs) Like that, like that one, for example, (laughs) or, you know, like that, that one's, that one's, you know, (laughs) maybe, not the nicest one. And no, but anyway, the, the, yeah, there's some, there, there's some there are so ones. many good ones. There are just some absolute winners here. So I highly, highly encourage um, Indy <sighs> underscore car underscore memes. Uh, big fan of, of your work. I hope you're a fan of the show. Uh, go follow them just for some good old fashioned. Yeah. Get some good old fashioned. Some, some belly, belly laughs. Good belly aching. It's fun. Uh, that's, that's the other thing. Yeah. Belly laughs. It's uh, it's grand, um, and I'll, yeah, we'll leave you with that and the uh, all the entertainment that we just gave you, and we'll be back next week to discuss From the Thermal Motor Club. That's true. We will be at Thermal. Um, we have the media days and then two days of testing. When are you guys and going? Should I come over? I'll be there Monday to Saturday. Tuesday to Saturday. Tuesday to Sunday, actually. So, yeah, if you're Pop bored and want to watch a bunch of any cars go around in circles, unfortunately, it will not be streamed. Uh, that was that was debated for a minute, but you will not be able to watch anywhere. But follow along. I'll be there. I'll be posting stuff on social, um, doing some fun stuff. So, yeah. All right. Thanks. Have my margarita ready. I'll see you there. I mean, I think it's you have to show up with two margaritas, I believe, is how this works. You, you know my finances. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. 
Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patent Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpatentpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean fit. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.